0: Hey everyone, this is Mike Andes, you're listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. Today we're listening to the second part of my conversation with Dion, which is a service-based business doing landscaping. And if you wanna learn how to start, grow, or save your service-based business, whether it be cleaning, landscaping, uh, I don't care if you're construction or plumbing or electrical or floral design, whatever it is, if you're a service-based business, I wanna hear from you, I wanna help you. Email me at businessbootcamppodcast at gmail.com. We'll set up a time to make a call. And one of one, two, or three of those I will put on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you do that. Uh now today we do have another sponsor, Gusto. And I know so many of you have emailed me about what it's done for you and have appreciated their, 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 their software and hadn't had really never heard of it. So so many of you have emailed me and I really do appreciate the feedback. Uh, gusto has been a great supporter of the podcast and they're offering the podcast listeners here only you can't get this on their regular website like usually they give like a 30-day trial they're giving just the podcast listeners of this show a free 90-day trial three months so an entire quarter, you can try out their payroll services. They're going to do direct deposit for your employees. You can print the checks right off if you wanted, like if, if you didn't want to have to wait for a couple of days while the, the clearinghouse goes to the, the money, goes to the, the the accounts of the, your employees. You can do benefits on here. All your HR is wrapped up into this thing. Uh, you're able to do health benefits and retirement plans and really be able to retain your employees by adding those extra incentives. Uh, Gusto is an, you're really an all-encompassing kind of package for all everything from paying your employees for the to them allowing allowing them to remotely ask for time off for vacation and coordinating all of that. And I promise you the $39 a month they charge is absolutely a great steal of a deal. It's cheaper than any bookkeeper, any uh, a tax accountant, or someone that's going to run your payroll. I promise you it's cheaper than uh, even even like QuickBooks is much more expensive. Their payroll system is like $79 a month. I highly recommend you check out gusto.com slash bootcamp. You have to put the Slash Bootcamp in to get the 90-day free trial, so put it in there. You can try it out. That's like over $120 worth of value, and it's incredible. I promise you it will change your business. Now, let's get on today with today's show, second part of my conversation with Dion. We're just going to continue right on from where we left off, and so here we go. Yeah, I had a couple questions.
1: I've been listening to some of the podcasts. Um... I know you're talking about. Uh, well, one of my biggest, one of my biggest mysteries is, you know, like you teach about. Is, is getting myself the steps to getting myself out of the field mm-hmm. and hiring people. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to kind of have you beating a dead horse here because, like I said, I've listened to several of the podcasts where you talk about training systems and you talk about uh, the employee. Um, the employee, uh, what, am I, what am I trying to say?
0: Like the training part.
1: Yeah, the training part and then the application. Now, the application uh-huh. part we did have, I do have that on the website where they can fill out the standard application. Gotcha, because, yeah. Um, but the other parts, um, those are some things I've taken notes on as far mm-hmm. as listening to the podcast, doing the orientation and doing, doing the interviewing. Um, it's funny because I listened to your podcast, and you called out one of the exact issues that we've been facing with the just trying guys out and seeing if they work, and just throwing them in the truck. And that obviously hasn't worked for us here lately. Uh, yeah, like uh,
0: yeah, like like um, like uh, I'm just thinking here. Yeah like, like, yeah, like, so right now, your, your your main thing, it sounds like, is really trying to find some good people, right? Right, right. One thing I don't talk about a lot, and Diana, I don't think I've ever mentioned on the podcast, is one thing about employing people, especially if you're trying to get good people, is good people are attracted to good companies. And they're attracted to companies, like, if you want a good person that's going to be forward-thinking, like, they're not going to be a loser, they're going to be someone that's really good. And if someone's really good, really good quality... It means that they got job. There's a good chance they get job for somewhere else. So what you have to prove to them is that you're better. You have more opportunity for them. It's going to be better for them if they stay with you. So one thing I don't talk a lot about is get your business right. And then for some reason, employees start coming to you. And so I've found that like really true in the past few months where like we have, we have people lined up now to work for us, even though we aren't, marketing it like for a job fair and we have people like giving applications, come because they they're like, man, this company is growing. They've grown a whole lot in the past couple of years. They got in another location. They see all our guys in uniform and the work we do. They see all our videos. And suddenly all of a sudden people are coming to us. And so what I would say and this is this is goes for everyone. When you you're a one, two, three man band for like landscaping, is that you got to motivate your employees to be like, hey, it's we're gonna grow beyond this because you they don't want to they don't want to be a part of that small tiny little business that just kicks around and isn't professional. So like getting logos on your truck, like that's a sort of like a that's a pride thing for your your employees. It's also a sense of security that like, hey, like I'm working for a brand, not some dude that just. Just mows lawns, right? Like so. Part of part of getting great people is creating a great business that they can believe in and know they have a future with. Like if they just see. You know, one year you got 84 clients and next year you have like 80, the next year of like 90, the next year of like 82, like they, and they don't see that growth. They don't see other employees joining. They, they start getting worried and they will jump ship. Now, if they see four guys one year and the next year there's 10 and the next year is 12, or at least like their pay is going up and they, they're getting more responsibilities. Like right now, you, it's not like you can give someone a whole lot of responsibility that you can't give them a management position So hiring, it's very difficult. I'm not discounting the fact it's hard when you're at first, second, third employee is tough because you don't have a whole lot to offer them besides the dream of what the company is going to be. And so that's what I'd be pitching. Right now, it's like, hey, I know I'm small. Like, don't don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to say like, hey, like we're a great company. Just be like, hey, I know we're small. This is where we're going. This is where we want to be in five years. If you want to join us for this journey, uh, you know, you're going to have a great ride. And I want to do everything I can. I'm going to be 100% on your team. Uh, I will support you 100%. And you got to sell them on the dream. Like, honestly, that's all you got when you're one man, you know, a couple trucks. Like, and then you'll you'll see it. You'll switch. That's when you have five, six trucks. They're all logoed. You got six to ten guys working for you. All of a sudden, their friends, their friend, their family suddenly want to start working for you because they see a company that's growing, a place where they can grow with the company and whether that be their pay whether that would just be the, the pride of him saying like they can work for this they work for this big landscaping company in town and they're the the, the manager and they can point out the the rock wall that they built at so and so's house and over on the corner they mow their lawn like there's a sense of pride in that and so i'd focus on creating great business and then the employees for some reason man they they follow now that being I- said that first cup those first couple guys you got to sell them on the dream
1: yeah, I know it, I know exactly what you're talking about and it's funny you say that um, like I said early in the year we did have or oh, I had a full three-man crew I had three guys and that's when we were doing a lot I was doing a lot more of the uh the Facebook live videos of the crews out in the field and on the trucks and pulling mowers off and uh, you know everything was bounce rocking and shaking smoothly and for some reason like you said around that time I remember vividly you know I got seven applications Mm -hmm. I didn't advertise that we were hiring I didn't you know I didn't post that we needed more guys I would just post videos of the guys out in the work out in the field in their uniforms and they're on the they're on the line more with their headphones on and they're cutting and like you said I would just you know I'd be working in application seven applications just came in sporadically over you know a Mm two-month span Mm-hmm. Of people just wanting an opportunity to work with us so i definitely agree with you there and i definitely understand what you're saying so we'll definitely work on getting back up to that level there
0: i think next spring is probably when you'll have to make the big push for that because it's tough right now when you're like when you don't have a massive business to keep someone throughout the winter right so like i kind of hold off on on obviously you still, you know, try to upsell people so you can stay busy in the winter and stuff like that. But I'd say next spring is when like, I think you should do a career fair. Cause if you have, if you have seven applications, one way to to, to like, where did you meet those people when you met, like did like a interview at your house?
1: Yeah. Or it'll well, be at the, uh, the, 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 the lot where we store the trailer and the truck. Yep. Uh, so we just meet them there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I know you've heard, I'm sure, like the career fair thing that we did um, and that I, if you have seven people, I bet if you put it on a Craigslist for a couple months, offered food that night, I bet you get 15, 10 of those people show up, eight of them are bad, two of them are all stars and you hire them for the whole year. Um, and the reason the all-stars are going to actually go with you and not someone else is because they're like, wow, they show up to this career fair. And there's a bunch of other people. You make it fun. You make it exciting. You sell everyone there on the dream. You go over the dream. What the company's going to be, where you're going this year, how, where they're going to fit into the whole dream. Um, and then there the, the all-stars are gonna be attracted because hey, there's ten other people here. This is a competitive people wanna work here. This is a place I can grow, this is a good company. And so um that's that's you know, I'd recommend doing that next spring for sure. Got it,
1: definitely got it create some some fun videos and some activities to do that night. Now let me ask you this, you know, being a small business, going into trying to hire guys this season of course you know revenue kind of slows down Mm -hmm. so is that a thing where we uh kind of i kind of gauge how much i'm going to want to pay these guys uh next year and i start putting away in a reserve now while we're having revenue for example for their first checks in the early spring when things haven't really kicked off yet
0: right and you need a couple weeks before you're really even productive or like before the grass starts growing you should be training them and everything right so like yeah you're gonna need to set, set set aside some money to train them pay them their first couple payroll before they're really uh even profitable for you necessarily so yeah you're definitely gonna want to set aside and as you grow dion like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily change like we set aside money now for the winter when we're a little bit slower um and it just grows the amount, right? Like at the first I was like, oh, if we could only, if we, as long as we have 10 grand set aside now, it's like we better have over, like six figures or else we're not going to make it to the next spring. Right. So, um, so it's not like that's always going to be there. Uh, and so yes, yeah, yeah. I'd be setting aside at least a few thousand so that when you do hire them, they have full-time work in training for the first week, at least, uh, you can get them on some cleanups. I could, what I would do is, Hey, run your cleanups, Try to get some cleanups lined up so that you can be with them and you know see their work ethic and be with them a little bit more for that first week before you start mowing. And that comes down to being able to be get in contact with all of your, your clients, whether it be you know setting up a MailChimp or some sort of marketing device on email to email everyone, you know, I don't know if you start let's say April 1st mowing, maybe it's March 1st, you send that email out and try to book the last two weeks of March out so that you, way you can hire someone mid March and know that you can work with them for a couple weeks before they need to be out mowing
1: okay okay um now let me ask you this mike um yeah. because I've, I've heard a couple of different things and my latest experience is kind of leaning me toward the other side as far as when hiring employees mm-hmm. um I spoke with, he was in another industry, but he, he's still in the service field. And he's telling me oftentimes we make the mistake of wanting to hire, you know, we want to get out of the field too quick and we want to hire a bunch of field techs. When in doubt, one of the key positions we should hire early is a, you know office assistant or admin assistant to help with the back office work and paperwork and all that. Um, and here lately, since I've gotten back in the field, I'm kind of starting to see some truth with that, mm-hmm. um, because the, the sometimes if I don't get to it, the, the paperwork side, the scheduling side, the customer relations side, the responding to email side can kind of back up on me. Mm-hmm. So is that, you know, in, in your professional opinion, since we're in the same industry, is you know, I was looking at possibly hiring a part-time assistant to start out. I'm only using a few hours uh, during the day, a few hours of the day. Is that something that you would recommend?
0: It all comes down to how much money the company is generating. Like you have to remember office and admin is a hundred percent overhead. So like you can hire crew members and you have to pay them payroll, but guess what? They make you money. Um, If you hire someone to do admin they don't make a single penny for the company. Obviously, you know, you can say, oh, they they can help, you know, improve the business and sell to customers. Yes, that's true. But I mean, just from a very, like, hourly standpoint, um, I would I would make sure you have at least two employees, at least two full-time employees. Like, I'd be shooting for three before you hire someone to do that. Because, like, right when you do that, your overhead's literally going to double. Because, like, right now, you have a truck, you have some trailers um for overhead you probably pay some for the shop you have some equipment um like that's a couple thousand dollars a month of burn rate probably if you hire someone that that will double so yeah I, yes i would suggest doing the, the part-time thing first but it's like you said trying to retain a good office member that's only part-time is going to be tough um because the see, good I've, ones go full-time I've, yeah go ahead i've,
1: I've kind of well i'm when i started my search i've kind of narrowed it down here and i got a uh, I got a list of people who are interested and most of them are because most of my stuff is set up virtual mm-hmm. um where my office can be wherever i'm at or wherever who's ever at yeah like our phone system can be an app downloaded on your phone yeah our software that we use we use um Jopper. yeah software and quickbooks and they both sync and interlock so, and they're web-based, so yeah. wherever they are, they can, you know, wherever you are, as long as you have internet access, you can use them. Okay. And so I've kind of got a, a list of, a few of them are stay-at-home moms,
0: yeah,
1: just looking for, you know, a couple hours of work to do a day, you know, let's say while the kids are at school or something of that nature. And so that was the kind of, that was the route that I was going to take. Um, I didn't want them to be here, so I could still you know do some sit down training with them but if i was looking to go that route starting off because like i said you know like you said they would want to go full-time eventually um if i did go the assistant route it would probably be looking into hiring one of those you know kind of stay-at-home moms mm-hmm. or people who are just looking for a few hours of work
0: totally yeah like like i i like i'd be asking myself when you're this small though dion you want to be looking at every single opportunity to pinch every penny um Uh obviously like i'm i I, i'd rather see you know you spending money to grow the business i'd i'd rather be on offense than defense however right right now um if it's only a couple hours a day that you need them like ask yourself the question is there any way you can get someone to mow a couple extra lawns and you do it yourself um because if someone's working like i just know this from experience If someone, if if someone's working in the office for two hours, it's going to take you about 30 to 40 minutes a day of just managing them, telling them what to do, telling them who to email. They're going to be asking you questions like, what should I say to so-and-so who had a complaint or who, what should I say about to so-and-so about their bill? And literally you're going to be doing like not even saving much time. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, that being said, I always would push someone to make that jump earlier than like, you'd rather do that sooner than later you'd rather see, you know, but like I said, I wouldn't even think about it until you have two full-time employees. Uh, Cause you need, the business needs to be able, like until then, you know, work a little bit extra in the, like another another hour in the evening, whatever you gotta do. You just want to keep your overhead down to an absolute minimum. So like, um, you know, I don't know what your personal expenses are, but like, like even those keep them as basic as you can. Cause every, you know, a thousand bucks a month, even is money that's all the flyers you need to put on all the neighbors of your client's place right um and that can double your business in a year so literally it's when you're this small just a little trajectory can change like massive amounts in your business within a year and there's no way the business can grow without capital as far as like if you need if you get super busy next year and you don't have you know seven eight grand to get a new truck like that's that's a pain right you you can't grow the business so i'd be pinching every penny you can right now uh, and then obviously it allow you when the you an opportunity comes up because like what if you get three really good guys at your job fair and they're all incredible like if i were you i'd just hire them all and then figure out but the thing is you got to have the money to do it right because if you can if you can hire you know three instead of two and you're like man I just need two, but if you got three all stars, man, I'd just be like, okay, forget it. I, I can go all in. If you have the money, if you have ten grand sitting there, and you know you can float them as far as uh, uh, their payroll, and that gives you the opportunity now to get in the field. And then all of a sudden, because you're out in the, f- I mean, you're out of the field as much, like maybe half the time, you can go out and get do estimates, do job anal- uh do uh, property needs analysis for your clients. You're getting all this new business now. Now is a good time to get office staff. Okay. Yeah. When there's that there's a moment where literally you'll know you cannot live without the office staff and that's when you want to buy them. There there literally will come a time where you're like I cannot keep going without having someone to answer the phone, answer emails. And it'll come when like you get home and there's like 20 of them stacked up in your inbox. You got a bunch of voicemails. Um, and at the same time, you have a bunch of estimates you didn't get to. And your guys worked, all, all three guys worked 10 hours and and they they didn't get all their work done. Now it's time to get an office staff member. Because the business is on a growth trajectory that will support the extra overhead. Like I didn't get, I didn't get any office staff until we were doing. Let me think. Um, We've been doing 45,000 in revenue um, each month. And so like, well, wait, wait a second. No, take that back. It was like 35, 35 in revenue before we were, before I, I got someone full time in the office. So like, it's possible to do it until like, I wouldn't wait as long as I did because I was working crazy, crazy, crazy hours. But like, I think you get to 20,000 and a few employees, like two full-time employees before you have to get new office staff. And this is another thing, Dion, is instead of when you increase the customer count, you increase office administrative costs because of all the billing, customer complaints, contacts, like all that stuff, right? Right. That's another reason why you should double down on taking your eighty-four clients and trying to squeeze more dollars out of them because it it doesn't increase the amount of addresses you got to go to. It doesn't increase the amount of uh, contacts that your admin person would have to be calling or setting up for billing and invoicing and estimate. Like it's so much better when you get that number up higher per client revenue um, on that that front as well. Because you know three hundred clients. Uh, a maintenance clients is going to keep someone busy full-time just in customer satisfaction right so if you can keep that down to 150 but charge them twice as much your profit margin is going to be like greatly affected there got it got it i
1: understand what you're saying got it just Um. just kind of taking some of the um I noticed you also, and that's all great stuff, and I got it written down here in my notes. Excuse me. I noticed you also spoke briefly, uh, listen to one podcast, where you talked about systems, mm-hmm. having systems in place. Um can you expand on that a little bit? Um, now I was looking into possibly, you know, like a procedures manual. Is that meaning having a procedures manual or just having uh, procedures listed out on paper mm-hmm. or yep. policy employee handbook or?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I I, don't, I can only be on about five more minutes. I have another call, but but um, yeah. So like, have you ever listened to a book called The E Myth?
1: By Michael Gerber. Yes. Yeah, I've read that entire book. I've done the organizational chart. Yeah. Murder things.
0: Okay, that's a good place to start. Um but but one thing you like what part is it? Um I forget the exact name of what he uses it, but essentially it's the part where you really need to describe everything to do with landscaping. Like it's like he, he, he's very 30,000 foot level like because he's kind of trying to encompass all businesses. What you need to do as, as a landscaper is take that and say, okay, what do I really need to focus on? And a big part of that is like literally this, this is what when it comes to the systems part, ask yourself every single minute of every single day like, how would I explain this to somebody else? And so what I did is last winter, I just created videos during the winter when it was a little bit slower of like everything I did. I made my office manager do the same thing. So she created videos of how to create an estimate, how to set up deliveries, how to set up uh, um, like like customer, how to deal with customer complaint, like step by step. And they did like screencast videos uh, for the software of how to set things up, like new clients and and all of that stuff. Uh, and and the reason to do that is literally just as much for you as it would be for someone that would buy your business or for an employee it's just as much for you to have the confidence that you have a system in place that you can fall back on and that things are being done consistently because if you don't have the consistency you can't scale if you don't have if you don't have a system for how the phone should be should be answered and an estimate inputted or an appointment created if you can't do that with five and six calls a day, you're not going to be able to do it with 100 or 200 a day. So um, having those systems in place is overkill when you're your size, but imperative when you're you your when you're your size because if you don't do it now, when you double the size of your company and just in revenue, it'll start falling apart. So like right now, you're not going to see holes. You're not going to see negatives of not having systems procedures uh, and all of those things like mapped out videos. I would focus like, like uh, she talks a lot about writing stuff down. I like video just because that's what I like. So I did more of like a, we have a video tutorials for like different employees and things like that. Um, like whether it be our office staff or people out in the field that they got to watch their first day or two of, 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 employment. But then also just in general, like you as the owner, it's good just to, you know, to make a video of, of how you shake people's hands and what's the process of knocking on the door, giving them a business card. And what's those first few words to get them starting to walk around your around their guard. Right? Like those are things that you can, you can create systems around number one. So if you ever sold the company or if you ever got hurt and someone needed to take over a certain position in the business, like doing estimates, um, that's one thing. The other part of it is confidence that you know what you're doing and that it's going to be the same every single time. And then you're not flying by the seat of your pants. And the biggest system that you got to figure out is your pricing system and knowing exactly nailing down like that's the biggest thing for a landscaper right now when you're your size because you can't afford to be losing money on jobs and you need to be making sure that you squeeze the, the dollars out um and you want that consistent profit margin and not you know make some times and then make a bunch other times and make nothing other times so Pricing system, I think, is your number one thing I'd be focused on if I was you. And then behind that, kind of more of a procedures manual and then documenting everything you do, whether it be in video or written word.
1: Okay. I know you got to go. I just got two more very important questions. Um, First one is going to be as far as the, um, what else being in the small phase Do you have any suggestions for the smaller entrepreneur, uh, for example, who may not be able or credit wise may not be in position to go get traditional loans to kind of get some of that equipment or stuff? So if we're in a position where we have to for lack of better words, bootstrap it, yep. um, what, what are some suggestions or methods that you would suggest we use to get the things that we need to grow? Mm-hmm.
0: I'd be focusing on the things that don't need equipment. And what's beautiful about this industry is the things that make the most money require the least amount of equipment up until like you hit skid steers and excavators. But until that point, mowing is great, but you need equipment, you need trailers, trucks. You can have a rake, a wheelbarrow, a blower and some shears and make thousands of dollars a month by raking out mulch, trimming trees, and blowing things off. Literally. Um, So what I'd be doing is the exact same thing I said right from the get-go is number one, and that is trying to up the revenue on each of your clients. Like I would um, be looking to rake out mulch. I'd be looking to trim trees. And if you have 84 clients, which is really good, I'd be looking to see if you can rent a machine for an entire day and knock out a whole bunch of people. Like if it starts, I don't know how much it snows there, but like it might be worth renting a snowblower for a day. If you can make $500, it might be worth uh, renting a corerator machine for 50, 60 bucks a day and be a go out and make 500 bucks. It might be worth renting a chainsaw and uh, lining up all the clients that you know have decent-sized trees that need to come down or hazardous trees. Or um, it might be worth uh, uh, renting some other piece of machinery if you can get the jobs lined up. And so what I'd be focusing on, though, is what services can you do for the least amount of equipment and manpower? And a lot of that's going to come down to a rake, a shovel, a blower, and a, and like like some loppers and some shears. That's good. That's good. Okay. I got, yeah, I didn't never really
1: thought about that point that the things that make the most money require at least, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because I just got some mulching requests and that doesn't require hardly anything to remulch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah. Well, definitely. I'll definitely get on that. in that property needs analysis, very last question. Mm-hmm. And then I can let you go here. Um, when dealing with, uh, finance and bookkeeping, mm-hmm. um, I also wanted to throw in there, you know, as far as the finance part of, you know, how often do you review your numbers? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a smart thing to work if I, I think I found an affordable um, financial service um, that I, I actually know the young lady who owns the company. Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it feasible to have them do my bookkeeping? um and have everything in order for taxes mm-hmm. and I'll have, do you review those reports yourself um and how often do you review them and then lastly what percentage as an owner should I pay myself and then i I'll, I promise I'll let you go I <laughs> got a full sheet here but know good. you gotta go.
0: Yeah um so first of all uh I'm gonna go different on you and say don't don't outsource your your bookkeeping keep it in-house um what what you don't see isn't going to get managed well um they have no interest in making sure that you're super profitable even if they're great people and they they love you and all that doesn't matter you need to know your numbers and the best way to do that is you stay in the bookkeeping like to this day like we we will never outsource our bookkeeping i want to know the numbers i want to know exactly how much my guys make i can i can name all Every single employee I have right now and exactly what their hourly rate is, I could tell you right now exactly the jobs that the five or six crews did and how much we made on them, what our net, what our like you know your numbers because you you're involved in them. If you outsource your numbers, it's the worst thing you could do. Like don't outsource your bookkeeping. Keep it in-house because you've got to know. If you're losing money on, you know, Bob Jones mowing job every single month, you got to know if you're killing it on mulching every single month. And that's where your all your profits coming from. Like, if you don't do that yourself, you say, well, I could just get a report. Well, yes, you can. But I like at this size in your business, you need to know every single number. Like, like that. Yeah. Like I look at my numbers every single day. Like I don't, I don't input our expenses. I don't uh, do any invoicing. I don't do any of that. Like off, I'm not in our, our software system for financial at all. I check it every single day and I know the numbers from a 30,000 foot level very, very well. And I know, you know, down to individual clients, if we're losing money, especially, and I keep an eye on that like crazy. Um, I would, I would highly, highly recommend not outsourcing out booking, uh, bookkeeping. The reason people, the reason people want to do it is because no one likes bookkeeping. It's not fun. Um, keeping track of numbers is not fun. And it's the things that you do at like two in the morning and that's when you're regretting it. But like. It's the one thing you got to do, especially when you're a young company to know every single moment of every single day, when you're making money, what's making you money, where you're losing money, where the holes are at, where, where you can increase efficiency, where like, like how you can become better. Like the last thing, like, this is funny because I've never actually had this question about outsourcing, um, outsourcing your bookkeeping. I would never, ever do that as a, as a small business owner, let alone a landscaping company that needs to be watching basically every minute every hour as as you're on the job
1: okay got it got it now she we have a consultation set up because she teaches yeah so the first thing she will i haven't made a decision to do it yet but the first thing we're going to do because she's a guru in quickbooks so what we're going to do she's going to sit down and teach me how to properly do it yeah how to properly input how to properly review reports Uh what i'm looking at so
0: um, yeah and 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 that's great and that's i'd be trying to extract as much value as you can out of that um okay. but you don't you can't afford the overhead you don't you can't afford the time to manage them because they're gonna have to know you know where did they put certain type of category where do they categorize certain pay uh expenses and things like that and then you can't afford the what's the what's the kind of like the the um unforeseen expense and that is not knowing your numbers down to the penny um and another thing is all, even the advice they're going to give to you, take it. Like if they're just, if she's just going to teach you and stuff, that's great. Keep in mind, everything's on YouTube. Right. Right. So, so don't pay for that. Um, and, 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 and don't get suckered in it. Like the, the, literally it's funny cause it's never come up, but literally I'd say the worst thing you could do bef- when you're this small of a company is to let go of any sort of numbers. Like you got to know them.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it there. Um, and then just, you know, what as sometimes we get guilty as the owner uh, as far as taking our
0: cut. Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't really taken a salary. Yeah. I plan to next year. Yeah. Uh, these first two years I just kinda let it go back all in. But how do you kind of gauge as the owner when you're talking about wanting to bring employees and once your revenue gets to a certain point, how do you kind of gauge what percentage or what your salary is going to be?
0: Uh, yeah, so I determine bas- basically how fast I want the f- company to grow, and just realize that the more I take out of the company, the less less uh, accelerated growth it can have. Um, so I actually pulled, I, I halved my salary from last year to this year. Cause I knew we want, I wanted to expand really, really fast again. Uh, cause I kind of, the first two years took, didn't take anything out. I was putting everything back in, just kind of getting by the last year. I was like, okay, you know, I was making six figures, taking home six figures. And I was this year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to half that. Um, and I'm going to go all in and growth. And i probably I actually gave money back to the company, uh, out of my salary uh this past year uh because like I said we're you know as you know um'm we're having another location we got we're gonna be franchising like all that stuff so the company needs money so it doesn't come down to how much money is right for you to take out. It's how fast you want the business to grow. And when it becomes to a level where you feel comfortable, where you want it to be, and that doesn't mean it needs to be a billion dollars. When it gets to the point where you want it to be, that's when I would start taking money out. And then you just realize that when you do that, your growth is going to start to plateau because you're not going to be buying more equipment. You're not going to be getting more people and getting uh, trucks and things like that. And, and then that being said, you'd just be raising your prices, which will increase your net profit. And so it's a very happy time when you get to the place where you're like uh, uh, where your growth is 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 stable, because that's when you can up uh, up uh, increase prices instead of going after new work all the time. And then that will also plateau your growth to where then you can start taking money out of the business. But like, that's the question I'd just be asking yourself is like, okay, do you, if you want to go from 8,000 a month to 30,000 a month next year, yeah, you're probably going to be putting every penny back in the business. Um, cause next spring is going to require, you know, employees and training them and logoing your trucks and getting right insurance, like all that stuff, getting equipment. Like, and then if you're like, you know what, next year I could do, maybe 15 grand and the year after that I could do 25 or 20 um, a month and you would go slower. You could take some money out. If, if you want to get to a hundred grand a month, like, like we did, like within 36 months, it's basically put every single penny back into the business. Uh, but you don't have to be that way. Right. So like, um, I, I'd ask oh, yourself
1: can you just repeat that for me one more time about the 36 months?
0: Oh, Oh, so, so, so from the time I started Augusta, to when I, we were making a hundred thousand in revenue was 36 months. Um, and so that's really fast growth. However, I, during that time, I basically was just putting the money all back into the business. Oh, wow!
1: Well, I have about 15 more questions. <laughs> in the I'll go ahead. Uh, I've decided I'm going for the review. I know I emailed you on some things. I'm just going to go ahead and purchase the course.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I think it would probably answer a lot of the questions. Like, at the very least, I'd give Lawn Pro a shot, too, as far as software. I really do got to go here in about two seconds. But um, uh, I'd give Lawn Pro a shot if you do buy the course. Uh, it, what's going to help you Dion is number one, like in there, I, sh- I share a lot of like exactly where we we're at along those 36 months. I sent you walk you through what I did those first 36 months. Um, and exactly step-by-step step, and you'll see all the inside of our business, what everything looks like. Uh, and then you can just copycat it. I give you all the, I give, I give you our employee contracts and our, you get to see all of our employee training stuff. So like, it's basically everything I wanted when I was in your shoes. Or right before I started, so I'd give it a shot. Like I'm, like um, like I said, like I don't make much office, I don't really care, but um, I do think it would be a value to you, uh, especially if you have 15 more questions, they, it'd probably help you a lot. <laughs> so. I'm gonna
1: go ahead. I have to go ahead and look up Line Pro. It's funny because I actually did use Patrick and Line oh, yeah. Pro software yep. when I first started, and it just it kind of got outdated. And that's yep. why I ended up switching to mm-hmm.
0: Java. Yep. Yeah. They, they've made some good changes about two years ago when, it, when I first started, it was pretty outdated. They made some really good changes. And so that's like, essentially I could have gone with something more expensive, but in the, in the course, we use lawn pro quite a bit as far as how to set up, you know, recurring, uh, invoicing all that sort of stuff at least it'll give you a really good baseline of how you can set up jobber because i've used jobber before as well um and it'll at least give you a baseline of some of the tools that you could use from lawn pro and then just integrate them with jobber like how to do certain things um but yeah i'd give it a shot okay yeah i
1: would definitely get to that i'll go ahead and take